0: To another episode of Helmet to Helmet, the Shit Show Fantasy Football production. I am your host, Connor Jones, and uh, if I sound a little sleepy, this podcast is hitting you on a Wednesday morning, but I am hitting the podcast on a Tuesday night. So forgive me if I stumble over some words here and there. It is officially the end of week two of fantasy and real life NFL matchups, and well, Let's get into it. I do not have any housekeeping for you today except to tell you to go ahead and like, subscribe, share this with friends, even if it's just to make fun of me. I don't care. You can find myself on Twitter if you need to tell me how bad I suck. That's at rambler underscore jones. Or if uh, if you feel a need to, uh, to find the actual account for this podcast, that's at helmet, the number two helmet. Go ahead and give me a shout there. That's where you can submit questions, etc. I'm not making a website for all y'all just yet. Anywho, we got a quick question coming in for you today, as this is, again, our very first normal podcast of the season. So, everything will be lined up the way it normally should, and I'll even be going through quite a bit of uh, the way things have been for week one, since I didn't get you a proper pod there. Anyway, our quick question this, uh, this week is, Will this be the most boring NFL season in decades, Daniel asks. And I kind of get where Daniel's coming from. The Pats are dominant. You got, what, Kansas City also being dominant. Oakland is middling. It just, it feels predictable, I think is what Daniel means. It doesn't feel like there's a big spoiler. And I get where he's coming from. It seems like a lot of teams are... uh, When they're bad, they're really bad. When they're good, they're really good. Huge divide, which makes it just feel like there's less to do. There's less to watch for. You've now got several teams that are missing their quarterbacks, and that's for multiple reasons I'll get into in a moment here for news. You got uh, got so many key pieces just not functioning or, frankly, falling apart Got to change a quarterback already on a team that has a healthy quarterback, too, in fact. It it does shape up to be quite a, at least at the moment, predictable season. I don't know that I would say boring, but that's also, I'm, I'm a homer. I'm actually literally wearing my 49ers shirt right now. So, as a 49er fan, it's a great season so far. But I won't bore the rest of y'all listeners with just my 49ers talk. We're just going to have to wait and see. I think there's going to be a bit of a mix-up when some players get to come back from suspensions. I think uh, the aforementioned quarterback change could be helpful for the Giants. But we'll see. We'll see. It's been hinted at a little bit here, but to, uh, to get into the proper news section... What, do you live under a rock? In case you do live under a rock, this is what we have found out this week. Deshaun Jackson is uh, Deshaun Jackson, rather is probably going to be out for multiple weeks uh, with some sort of an oblique or a stomach issue, if I understand correctly. You got uh, Cam questionable for week three. And that's with an aggravated ankle. Interesting little thread I stumbled on today was actually that Cam Newton went vegan before this season. And uh, based on historical numbers of players who went vegan and lingering injuries, there's reason to believe that this is actually quite stupid stupid uh if you're a cam owner i pity you jace um but that's hearsay for the moment he's questionable we got jets already down to their third string quarterback as trevor simeon is out for the season not that that was really their greatest backup plan uh and you have um darnold out with mono still targeting their uh return after the week four bye Daniel Jones, I've already kind of buried the lead on that one. Daniel Jones has been given the nod as the Week 3 starter for the New York Football Giants. And you have Demarius Thomas of the Jets, who was questionable after leaving Monday night's game. And Joku went questionable with a concussion. That was also Monday night. Uh, I'll come back and talk about that injury in a, a couple minutes here. You got... Uh, James Conner looks day-to-day. He has some sort of injury going on there for the Steelers. Not serious as far as Tomlin is, has disclosed, but he may very well want to be seriously injured considering that now with Mason Rudolph as his quarterback, there's he's never going to run the ball effectively again. He's going to be seeing a lot of stacked boxes, so he's going to have to split out in order to just be a valuable asset. But we'll see. Um, and I, I guess... With Big Ben out, that, that is another piece of news from this week. Uh, I'm the Big Ben owner in our league. He got me three points before shaking his elbow really violently and deciding that it wasn't useful. And I just have to wonder what the hell happened to the Big Ben who shattered four fingers in his throwing hand and gutted it out to win a game by, like, triple digits. Where is that? Is he done? Is he just gotten old and fat and decided that's not worth it? Maybe this is more serious than I think, but, like, He just shook his arm, like he was just standing on the sideline, kind of like shaking it listlessly. It was weird. Uh, Drew Brees, also looking like he's out at least for a while. He's going to have surgery on what looks like some torn ligaments in his hand. He had his thumb bandaged on the side of the Saints game. Interesting week for uh, established, older, aging quarterbacks. Um, I believe both Ben and Brees put out you know, documentation statements today that said we're not done, which is interesting, because damn, they're, uh, they're only marginally younger than Tom Brady, and not nearly as trim, or, you know, fit, active looking. But anyway, we got Josh Jacobs running back, rookie running back for, uh, the Raiders. He's got a slight groin injury, as it was described. (laughs) Who knows how bad that may be. We got, uh, Damian Williams got a knee injury. Devin Singletary had some sort of a non-contact injury. He's being considered day-to-day by his coaching staff. And lastly, Joe Mixon. I'm including him here because he was healthy. Uh, I mean, he played. I don't know if that makes him healthy. He also did diddly squat. He actually appears in the next section as well. uh, Because... I don't think he was fully healthy. I don't think you you put a guy in and use him that little who can be as effective as Joe Mixon in. It's not like Giovanni Bernard had a lot of success either. So we'll see what's going on with Mixon. Perhaps this was a light week, especially once uh, once the game started to get out of hand against my ferocious 49ers. They just decided, hey, extra rest. So we'll see. We'll see what happened there. But now, making its return for week two, You suck. players who sucked. We got uh, McCaffrey right off the top. Oh, actually, a little bit of housekeeping on players who sucked before I get into how bad McCaffrey was for me. This is, just to designate it for everyone, I don't know if I've ever said this previously, but I'm making it official right now. This section is only for players who were normally startable, okay, who... Scored less than half of their projected points. So not just a bust, but a bust by at least half. So I uh, Now that that's been said McCaffrey scored six points. He was projected at 20. You got uh, Hopkins who also didn't boom the way you'd expect him. Uh, he only gave you 6.5. OJ Howard of course Gustia. Now, I will specify that this section does not include anyone injured, so even though I know Njoku also Gustia, he will not qualify, but OJ Howard just had zero and he was fully healthy and on the field. You had Cam Newton, who gave you about 11.3 points. I know that's not quite half of what he was supposed to give you, but it's worth noting that Cam's not right. Robert Woods is 5.2 points. He uh, he got kind of lost there in a big day for Cooper Cup. Jared Cook of course got less than half of his projection at 3.5. He is likely just on a boat by himself somewhere right now because without Breeze giving him relevance it's yet to be seen whether uh, Teddy Bridgewater actually wants to look his way. Then you got Alvin Kamara gave you 6.5, David Johnson 7.9. It's like all the all the core established running backs just kind of they got you points, but it was not the points you expect from a, a player of that caliber. You also had a, a flop from Josh Gordon. 2.9 points. D.D. Westbrook gave you .8. Now, I realize that D.D. Westbrook didn't have much in the way of uh, ceiling this week, but .8. In our league, we're a half-point PPR. That means he had a catch for three yards. Think about that one. That's That's a... A dynamic player to be held to that, if that's all it was. yeah. TJ Hawkinson. A lot of people were trying to give him the keys to the kingdom there in Detroit. He had 1.2 points. That's just not going to do it. I'm not willing to say that that's it for his experiment, but let's give it another week or two. And if he just doesn't see usage, he just doesn't, I don't, it might be vaporware, you know, the vaporware equivalent or the fantasy football equivalent of vaporware. You had Dante Mongrief, who had Nothing after receiving every single target in existence last week. Now that's, of course, Big Ben's uh, wide receiver 2 or 3 now. So um, Big Ben wasn't in there, and that may have limited the ability to force-feed Dante Moncrief droppable passes. Duke Johnson gave you 3.1. You had uh, Joe Mixon give you 4.2. I mean, even injured, that's not good. Uh, Well, I say injured. Even not 100% a player should you know, get more usage than that. Tariq Cohen also gave you 4.5 and Ronald Jones after being declared the starting running back, the one that they wanted to go with, point 9. And I failed to note here whether or not that was all rushing yards or if that somehow includes a reception as well. That would be really pathetic. Um I mean that kind of wraps up the less than half their projection players Uh, i'll remind you a lot of the points i just read off all of the points i just read off are based on half point ppr with no bonuses no extra big play bonuses so um don't call in and tell me that 6.3 is the wrong number for McCaffrey. I, i get it adjust for your own league i'm just telling you these guys would across the board have failed you if you expected them to get even just double what their points were So, um, yeah, we'll be keeping up with that. Uh, It's much better to find for this season, so hopefully it's more useful for all y'all out there. Just a, a bad week, like I said, for, frankly, what can be considered running back ones on multiple different teams. And really, this season, if I can just wax poetic, it feels like a couple years ago when we just had tight end just horror Um, nothing going on, you didn't have players that were really involved, and it feels like we're that way again, and that's not me reflecting on the fact that I've never had to worry about that as I draft Gronk every year, um, oh, which, yeah, um, update on the fact that I draft Gronk every year. I didn't draft him this year. I know that, uh, we actually had somebody take a flyer on him at the very end of our draft, that didn't make it into the podcast, um they rostered him they just rostered him in case he decided to come back but it was a quick drop um so whatever uh, it was worth a shot if he came back but even if he comes back he's lost quite a bit of muscle weight and uh i think his new thing is that he's not going to come back unless they allow cbd oil to be used as a treatment figure that one out but time to move on we have our match of the week no way i am not giving up you have to no i don't And, uh, luckily I'm going to be covering two matches of the week this week, um, because you guys didn't get to hear about how the hell week one went, so, um, I'll make a quick rundown here on our first week of fantasy in the shit show. Bear in mind here that, uh, we had a very weird, I don't know, it was almost like our our league had a tear break based on some weird amount of of draft turn, uh, and I'll get into it in a moment here, just to run down week one's games. I faced off against John, uh, and of course what what sort of transpired there was a not low-scoring matchup, but I just got creamed because Big Ben screwed me and I have David Montgomery on my team who also did absolutely nothing week one so i was i was an easy loss 18 point spread there for john's team the other uh, the next matchup was uh reigning champion jace who i don't know if i've already said this but the moron jace decided to name his team the reigning champion That's logic for you. He only scored 71.4 points with his reigning championship there. Uh, And that was against Nathan's team, Travis Kell CCP. And for those who don't get that, uh, the CCP is the Communist People's Party of China, whatever. The Chinese Communist Party. So uh, very funny. China, uh, excuse me, not China, rather. Nathan, living in Shanghai. Careful making fun of them, Nathan we don't want anything to happen to you um essentially this matchup was a a, a over 30 point loss for jace um he had a cam newton bust oj howard busted not as bad as this week but it just didn't didn't work out a lot of things didn't add up and of course uh nathan had david johnson's big week last week and uh just a generally stout team that didn't underperform for the whole week good for good for him The actual match of the week from Week 1, though, was Daniel's Mahomes equity line of credit against our newcomer Paris with his team Speakeasy. Now, Paris had basically... In fact, I'm going to check here. No, Paris did not have anyone in the Monday Night Games Week 1. He was essentially sitting on, what, a 15-point lead over Daniel... When uh, Daniel had Philip Lindsay and the Denver defense playing against Oakland, um, and you would have thought that just even if Lindsay got you seven points, that at least Denver D would have got him, you know, seven points. It's Oakland. They just lost a B who knew how good they were going to be, but, but he actually got everything he needed out of Lindsay. He got eight point six points. Daniel did got to within. Seven points if not closer. I'm I didn't have notes of the real-time progress of this game, but Denver ended up Defensively at negative one fantasy points, and so the game ended with Daniel losing by less than seven points after being within just absolutely simple striking distance for two uh, two rosterable or two point producing positions being running back and defense so Paris got away very easily with that one 139 to 132 that was that was a good game there another absolute stinker of a game was the low scoring affair week one between uh Christians the I'm assuming there's too many asterisks in this to just be the retard crew so I'm assuming his team is supposed to say the retarded crew um I don't know if ESPN bleeps that out Against own, the silent one, and his Zeke and Destroy team, this was really much closer than it really deserved to be. Um, there was a four-point spread here, but it was ultimately Devonte Freeman gave Christian 2.6 points, Joe Mixon gave him 2.7, Jameis Winston gave him 7 points. Those three positions alone, even if they only scored two points more each, there's Christian's win. Because own team, is, as good as it is with, at, at the time, a fully healthy Breeze with EZE e and Aaron Jones and Tyreek Hill, that was a stout roster, and yet due to injury now does not sound as good as it once did. Still, they came away with the victory, and they're going to need it with the injuries that they've just sustained this week and, you know, Tyreek's injury last week. And finally, uh, the fifth and final matchup here was uh, a 10-point spread between Austin and his Shake It Goff, and Michael's yet-to-be-renamed Wentz in a Lifetime. Um, Really, this game looks like it came down to who had the worst quarterback. Uh, Michael had Aaron Rodgers, who gave him 12 points. Again, a 10-point spread, I would say it came down to any number of uh, singular players, but Basically, uh, Josh Jacobs, Le- uh, Le'Veon Bell gave Michael most of his firepower and Austin Eckler gave Austin all of his firepower. So it, it wasn't too close in the end, but ultimately it was uh, an interesting week kind of divided by, with the exception of me losing, um, it was divided pretty much by who drafted first half, who drafted second half. I- I'll take that back. Daniel also lost. He drafted third. So maybe there's not really a pattern for me to wax poetic on here. But it was still... It was a good week. It was a good week. Um, you had Jace's team put up put up the biggest stinker. But um, it happens. It's fantasy. Week one, you're supposed to go and pick up the guys that you need to fill your gaps. And that's exactly what happened. Because week two, I ended up playing against Paris, who had uh, just... Just I mean put up the highest point total of the week by far last week and dominated. Well, not dominated, but held out against Daniel. I ended up holding out against him this week in a cruel twist of irony. He had David and Joku, who of course you know fell on his head quite violently there in the the Monday night Cleveland versus Jets game. He ended up with zero points total. Paris would have needed seventeen, so it was already pretty. It was a pretty tall order for a, a less-than-involved player on that offense. But, you know, squeaking by, the my uh, running back one, my quarterback, and my tight end altogether accumulated less than, I want to say, is this 12 points? 15, 13. They had just under 13 points. I picked up New England defense on the waiver wire that week, though. So, literally, my defense almost tripled my quarterback, running back one, and tight end scores. So that's the only reason I got away with that. The other games of the week, of course, we had uh, Daniel come roaring back. 121 points to end up beating John's 105.7. That really seemed to have come down to, uh, you know, if we're being honest, a difference in quarterback. There is almost a 20-point spread in Patrick Mahomes to Deshaun Watson, or Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah, that's actually his name. It's late, fellas. Did I say that already? Um, it was a good game, and I don't see Watson as being, I don't see him being a, a bad player. At, I mean, he scored 12 points. That's compared to Big Ben's three. I would take it, but uh, point being, he's going to bounce back. He's going to have a good year. And, uh, I, I'm running out of things to say about this matchup. I guess Dalvin Cook also balled out. Derrick henry didn't do the you know flash or pass shit he normally does next game of the uh of the week two slate here austin held on to uh to beat out our little communist friend nathan uh in a game that again i'm I'm really looking to find the difference makers in each matchup here it looks like julio jones really balled out um in in comparison to adam thielen obviously julio jones had a great end of his uh End of his matchup there against Philadelphia. And uh, a tale of two defenses. Baltimore, normally a very stout defense, only put up four, which is not bad. But Houston D really uh, solidified things there for Austin. Looks like the retarded crew continues to have some rotten luck. They only got to 92 points, with Devontae Freeman continuing to underperform. And Hopkins, as I mentioned earlier, in the uh, You Suck segment. But Michael turned it around. Uh, I know I mentioned in the last podcast that Michael and I had a trade. He gave up Josh Jacobs. I gave him David Montgomery and Josh Gordon. And, uh, well, at least the Montgomery for Jacobs trade seems pretty even, but Josh Gordon kind of screwed him a little bit, only giving him 2.9. It was enough to hold on. He ended up winning by a spread of 20 points. And lastly, I... I told you, you know, usually when you lose week one, you get a great opportunity for waiver wire pickups that impact your team, and damn it, Jace did just that. Because when own ended up with uh, only 78.6 points on the week, Jace came roaring to a, a beautiful 59.5. Now, uh... I'm going to tell you right now, this is actually also our I have regret section now. Jace somehow lost to a Zeke and Destroy team run by own that had Drew Brees as its quarterback. Now for you keeping track at home, Drew Brees had 38 yards and then an interception and then a broken hand. He had negative .5 points. As, as Pointed out so poignantly by Austin in our group chat. Jace lost to a guy who had a negative point total quarterback. As a sidebar, ladies and gentlemen, when you have somebody like we have Jace in our league, who just, oh, never stops the shit talk. Very self-aggrandizing. Oh, watching him go 0-2 with the lowest point total ever scored in the first two weeks of fantasy in our league history feels really good. <laughs> Sorry, Jace. You're going to bounce back. As Jace has said multiple times before, he went 1-4 last year and he ended up coming back to win, granted. So, things have a lot of shaking out yet to do. That was only the end of our week two matchups, so we're gonna see what happens and uh you know i'm still i'm still working on a lot of drops for this show but suffice to say that my segue here for the killer's corner segment of our uh of our episode will get better once i actually have a drop so i have a little lead in here just so y'all understand a little bit more about my pomeranian here he may be small he may be floofy but when he is not shitting in a corner, he's telling me the corner matchups to shit on. And this week, he's talking about Killers' Killer Corners. And specifically, he's talking about the Killer Corner pa- uh, partnership of Akib Talib and Marcus Peters. Now, they're both L.A. Rams, in case you slept through all of last season and didn't catch all the times that the Rams picked up aging superstars off of other teams but they may be aging at one point though talib had a 4-4 40 yard all right um but that's not what worries me he has the height and weight to keep on anybody in the league you know you want to talk about contested catch that's going to be one of the most difficult catches to win in football guess who he's going to be facing up against this week they're going to be in Cleveland and they are most likely going to have a tandem of either Marcus Peters or Talib on OBJ. Marcus Peters had maybe a 4-5 back when. I'm not saying that they're necessarily going to be step for step, but I'm saying if the ball is up, it's not going to be as simple as reeling in a one-handed catch on the sidelines like we saw this last Monday obj may be quieter in this game than you expect and i wouldn't know all of that without my little tiny floofy little bastard whispering all this in my ear so thank you killer i'll get you a drop soon i absolutely promise it he's asleep in the other room right now so he doesn't give a shit he's not listening but um once again (coughs) we have an absent phoning it in segment this week abbreviated uh tomorrow not that most of y'all really care but tomorrow I start a new job so this week is the first week that's gonna officially be normal for me the phoning it in and segment will come phoning it in. but for now I'm just phoning in the phoning it in segment hope you like that lastly here I'm gonna get down into the commissioner's list uh, once again if you weren't listening too closely last week commissioner's list is gonna be a segment where I talk about all of the weird little screw-ups or opportunities that we've tried to take during my tenure playing uh, playing fantasy as the commissioner or I guess playing commissioner in fantasy and uh, and last week I talked a little bit about how we use our off season and what we choose to do with our draft to keep things interesting keep people on their toes I I count that as a major success because I personally enjoy doing that shit I talked about how much fun the Olympics were, and that's cool and all, but I want to talk about a major failure that I've had since starting this league for the group of us in college, Um, and that's that's these little gadgety projects that I've tried to put together so that we can be more involved and more playful. I mean, I started a lot of these things that I'm referring to in the first year when some of us were still in school and still had time, (laughs) because I don't know why but i just assumed we'd always have time so i started developing these things and they were stu- they were stupid uh to, to give you some idea of what i'm referring to there was a time when direct tv was not owned by a cable company named at&t and direct tv had these fantastic commercials you may rem- remember them it would be insert star football player and then insert cable version of star football player um, and I believe they had a version of this that wasn't just football. It was also movie stars. And the best one was Tony Romo versus cable Tony Romo. And it was something about Tony Romo, like, rolling... Uh, or no, he was he was making cookies, like, rolling out cookies, wh- whatever it was. And it was like, you know, they'd take on a high-pitched voice. It was, you know, uh, rather effeminate perhaps it could be described. It was just, it was meant to be kooky. It was absolutely hilarious. Everyone loved him. The whole league was talking about him for a couple weeks. And so I decided, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to have two weeks where anybody in the league can submit a video of themselves being their team when they do well and their team, or another team in the league when they do well, and their team when they don't do well. Essentially themselves doing normal version versus cable version um i was super excited i was going to offer a five point bonus to every team that did it i thought we were going to get little 20 30 second videos of these people being stupid making dumb voices it didn't have to be elaborate i really tried to make it involvement heavy not production heavy i was the only person who submitted now granted a, a fantastic joke came out of it um shout out to WT if you're listening, but I had a, he was having a horrible season. He was like three and 12 at that point in the year. And, um, (laughs) one of the jokes, I was like taking clay that my younger sister had been using. And I was saying, you know, like roll out the clay, roll it. Like every team has rolled over WT this year. Oh man. Literally the only, the only, little glimpse of sunshine through that cloudy thing that was this attempt at league involvement because holy shit did I get stonewalled by the majority of of the league. I got some laughs off of the video I produced but no one participated but that was fine. I recognized something and that was I am always gonna care more about this league than most of the members in the league care about it themselves. I've had a lot of threats of people wanting to quit just because they don't have the time or they don't want to put in the effort or circumstances prevent it. And I have no judgment. I have absolutely no judgment. I understand. We even had a a person leave because, um, because they wanted, and I may have, I may have teed off on this last year. Um, but they, they ideologically couldn't support the NFL. They said the NFL is shitting on these people kneeling and yada yada. The point being Even those things that I may not appreciate happening in the moment, like, people need to leave. People have reasons to leave, but um, the people who are sticking around and playing every year, I just realized they're not that into it. They're not that into, let me spend more than the time to set a lineup or more than the time to prepare mentally for the waiver pickups. There's just no need. And so I pivoted, and... From that grew what I think is a much better thing, and a lot simpler, uh, and taps more into the humanity of why we play in the first place. Not to get philosophical on everyone here, I'm probably dipping into the Philosophy Cup, because it's now later than 1030 at night. But the point is, these things fell apart, they didn't work, and something good came of it. And I'm going to make a note here that next week I will talk about the good thing that did happen and why I think it's a really fantastic tool for those of you who have leagues that are spread out like ours. Um, I guess, until then, I have nothing in our contested catch segment because I have not been wrong yet, or at least, even if I have, no one has bothered to tell me, which is just as good. I'm always right, at least in my mind. Um, But as ever, this podcast is meant to grow and develop And I can get rid of things you don't like, just like I had to get rid of whatever stupid cable videos. Um, But it can also grow. And if you have things that you like or that you're hearing that you're liking, that are moving in a direction you'd like to hear more of, please let me know. I'm all ears. I'm developing this podcast. I'm hoping to grow it. And the audience is the reason for the growth. So speak up. I'd like to hear it. Like I said, you can find me on Twitter, or you can uh, leave a, well, I was going to say leave a comment, but I don't know any platform that's going to have commentary. So go ahead and find me on Twitter, at capital R Rambler, underscore, capital J, Jones. And just, let me hear it. I'm open. I'd like to know who's out there, who's listening, who cares. Is this just a way to fall asleep? Am I super boring? Are my anecdotes... I don't know passe let me know I'm open and with that I'm gonna just go ahead and I guess leave you with a little music outro have a good rest of your Wednesday y'all don't forget to check waivers